0: The Wall Street Journal reports that Muslim billionaires are planning to build a Disneyland-like theme park in the Middle East so more local tourists will want to vacation at home. The theme park will feature such beloved Islamic characters as Mickey Mosque and Donald Duck for the Love of God Duck. There'll also be a Daisy Duck for the Love of God Duck, but she won't be allowed to go out in public unless she's wearing a burqa through which only her beak is visible. The park was going to include a garden in which the flowers were planted to form an image of Muhammad, but the gardener was stoned to death for making an image of Muhammad. The park will be known as the Magic Caliphate and will be advertised as the happiest place in the Middle East, or at least the happiest place in the Middle East that isn't run by Jews. The caliphate will be divided into various different themed lands, including Yesterday land where you can bask in the ninth century Islamic golden age when Allah's merciless armies had conquered enough civilizations to milk them for a taste of culture before following the natural trend of the religion back into savagery and primitivism. From there, you can travel to Fantasyland, where you can pretend that destroying the State of Israel will improve your life instead of extinguishing the one light of humane society anywhere near you and plunging your entire region into a long night of cruelty and superstition. Then it's just a short hop through No Liberty Square to Europe Land, where you can make dark, frowny faces about the decadence of Western civilization while collecting welfare and visiting strip clubs. And of course, What would an amusement park be without rides? This one will include such sure-to-be favorites as the Haunted Mansion, where you can experience chilling scenes of what it would be like if your religion turned out to be entirely untrue. And when you blow yourself up, you don't go to heaven and get 72 virgins, but are instead dragged into hell for all eternity, where you're tortured for your crimes against God and humanity. If you don't want to wait in line for this ride, you can have the same experience by just actually blowing yourself up. Then there's the Dumbo ride, where you can swirl around in the air while riding on the back of John Kerry. And of course, there's Pirates of the Caribbean, which is Pirates of the Caribbean. The park developers issued a statement about their plan, saying, quote, For too many people, the word Islam conjures fearsome images of murderous attacks on innocent people, the dehumanizing oppression of women, and the creation of impoverished slave states run by tyrannical madmen who lock the populace in mental chains of religious intolerance while themselves living lives of libertine excess. But we want people to realize that all those things can be fun, unquote. At a press conference, the developers went on to tell reporters, quote, we think this is an idea that could really blow up. No, just kidding. Don't run away. Come back. We're just kidding. Really? Unquote. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. All right, we just like. La- we just we just like teasing our Muslim friends because we know they enjoy it so much. They're so <laughs> loosey goosey and they have such great senses of humor. They like they like a little elbow in the ribs before they kill you. Uh, all right, everybody is selling us out. The Bible the Bible says, "Put not your trust in princes." You shoulda read the Bible. Shoulda done what your mom told you and read the Bible. People thought you know there's this pupil out. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk to this. this pupil out that people have stopped believing in God. But they should have listened to Bob Dylan, because Bob Dylan told you, you're going to serve somebody, it might be the devil, it might be the Lord. And I think we've made the wrong choice. All right, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, but you got to be here to hear it and to see it. So if you're on Facebook and YouTube, you get 15 minutes, you can watch the show, and then come on over to The Daily Wire, or download us on iTunes and SoundCloud, and then you can subscribe. If you subscribe, you can not only watch the show in its entirety anytime you please, but you can also be part of the mailbag. And while we're at it, yes, the mailbag—it was a great mailbag yesterday. I, I love the mailbag. I mean, I really like—I really like talking to you people. So if you just spring for the lousy eight bucks a month, I could—I could communicate with you more. All right. And also, while I'm selling you things, uh, please go pre-order my memoir, *The Great Good Thing*: A Secular Jew Comes to Faith in Christ. I guarantee you will like it. I guarantee you. I give my personal guarantee, or you get your meaningless, uh, life, nihilistic life back, uh, <laughs> free of charge. All right. And if you if you send your receipt, if you order it uh, online and you send your receipt to a at DailyWire.com, I'll sign a sticker and send it back to you, and you can then you can have a signed book. All right. So I've been laying back on this Trump story about the immigration thing because I really wanted to see which way he was going to break. He kept every every time he would talk, he would say something different. I thought, let him play it out. Let's see where he goes. It now looks really clear that somehow he is just this. This was the story. This was his issue, right, that made his candidate. I'm going to buy. I'm going to build a wall and I'm going to there's going to be a deportation force. And we're going to get rid of all these people. Some of them will let the nice ones come back, but they've got to come in legally. I mean, he said this again and again. We're going to throw them out, but they've got to come in legal. And people people kept saying, you know, you're going to tear, like, mothers away from their children. You're going to break up families. Yes, you know, we're going to do all that. No, we're going to keep the families together. We're going to send them all back. You know, he would say that. He he really had it all planned out, and people were cheering and cheering and cheering. So— a couple of days ago on Hannity, he goes on Hannity, and Hannity's been backing him right down the line, right right up to the limit. And suddenly, he's, not only is he changing, but suddenly the people around him are going with him. They're not following the principle that made them elect him in the first place. They're totally making up a whole new Trump that they're going to support. It doesn't matter what he says. So this is kind of a long cut, but it's worth it just to watch them change. Just, it's, it's more important what the audience is doing almost than what Trump is saying.
1: You, you seem to, in the last week, be revisiting the issue of sending everybody back that is here illegally. Tell us where you stand on that.
2: We want to follow the laws. You know, we have very strong laws, we have very strong laws in this country. And I don't know if you know, but Bush and even Obama sends people back. Now, we can be more aggressive in that, but we want to follow the laws. If you start going around trying to make new laws in this country, it's a process that's brutal. We want to follow the laws of the country, and if we follow the laws, we can do what we have to do. So, John, let, let, me, let me tell you, so, so important. We've got some great people in this country. They shouldn't be here, they're still great people, all right? But we've got some really, really bad gang members and some horrible people. Start with them. Those people are going out day one. They're going to be the first order I sign. They're going out day one. All right, but I know this question has come up a lot.
1: What about people that work hard, have been here a long time, they own homes, they, they have their property? And this is a question everyone's going to want to answer. What about them? Do they have to go back or would you
2: reconsider We that? are going to follow the laws of the country. So that means
1: are going they go back. To follow the laws.
2: And we're going to see who people are. We're going to see how they've done. Do you believe in a merit system, Sean? When people come in, as an example, do you believe in huh. a merit system? One of the things that's very unfair with leaving people is that you have years and years of people waiting online. They've gone through a process and they've, they've, they've filed. Legally. legally, they filed. And, and they're great people in some cases. I guess in some cases, maybe not. But you have really great people wanting and so proudly wanting to come into a country and now, what you'd be doing is you'd take people away from that line. And it's, it's is really Is there sort any of under, part yeah. of the
1: law that you might be able to change that would accommodate those people that contribute to society, have been law-abiding, have kids here? Would there be any room in your mind, or you, because I know you had a meeting this week with Hispanic leaders? I, was,
2: I did. I did. I had a meeting with great people, yep. great Hispanic leaders, and there certainly can be a softening. Because we're not looking to hurt people, we want people. We have some great people in this country. We have some great, great people in this country. So, but we're going to follow the laws of this country.
0: So, there's Sean Hannity pleading him for with him for amnesty. That's amnesty he's talking about. Is there anything in the law? Was there something in the law we could make up that maybe the people who are good people could stay? Yeah, it's called amnesty. And before, before, if you said that, you were a traitor, and you were a cock, and you were this, and you were that, and now Hannity is begging for it. So still, you could still listen to this. He's still playing in the spaces. You know, he's still weaving through those spaces. Ann Coulter goes, poor Ann Coulter. I mean, I I love Ann. I really do. And the thing about Ann that I always pointed out from the beginning is, of all the people who supported Trump, she was supporting him on principle. She feels that the Mexicans coming in over the border is a big, big problem. And I I, I I never felt that that was really one of the biggest issues that was facing us. I thought, you know, yeah, you close the border. What's a, everybody has a border. No big deal, just do it. It's it what what I thought was the big issue was the fact that our government was so paralyzed, it couldn't make a move and do the necessary thing that had to be done. I thought that was a big issue, but I didn't think the Mexicans coming in, the, you know, the Mexicans come in, we've got all these immigrants from all kinds of places. That doesn't bother me at all. But Anne really thought that and she wrote an entire book, Adiós America, saying, "Oh, this is much worse than you think." People, you know, crime and all this stuff, and that's basically where Trump got his policies. So now, poor Anne has got a new book out called "In Trump We Trust." E Pluribus Awesome. So, like, she is down. She has put all pushed all the money onto the table. You know, this is not like this is all in, and she's going with and she's out on the book tour, and so she he makes that speech. Before we go to her, though, and first she comes out, and we played, I think, yesterday or the day before. She comes out and says, well, he's not. He's changing his tone, but he's going to build a wall. He's still going to do this. So, blah, 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 blah. Now Trump goes back on Hannity. And this time, and this really is amazing. He turns to the audience and says, what do you want to do? And then he plays the audience. Shouldn't we let these nice Mexican people stay? And the, you know, and he's pitching something that is to the left of Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, both these traitors, both these weaklings who weren't, you know, the gang of eight. Oh, my gosh, the gang of eight, the worst thing that ever happened ever, anywhere. So now it's a gang of nine, right, because <laughs> Trump is on board. And he's playing the audience, and the audience is cheering for it. And, and Hannity is uh, pushing them on. Play the second one. This is new.
1: So you're saying there is, and you have been sort of indicating... That there will be some flexibility. That you, uh, originally you had said they're all out, and there was a big brouhaha. But you're saying that if somebody can prove that they've been here, proven to be a citizen. But well, here's the big question, though. God. No citizenship.
2: No citizenship. No Everyone citizens. agree with that? All right. I mean, go a step further. They'll pay back taxes. They have to pay taxes. There's no amnesty as such. There's no amnesty. Right. But we work with them. Now, okay. But when I look at the rooms, and I have this all over. Now, everybody agrees we get the bad ones out. But when I go through and I meet thousands and thousands of people on this subject, and I've had very strong people come up to me, really great, great people come up to me, and they've said, Mr. Trump, I love you. But to take a person that's been here for 15 or 20 years and throw them and the family out." It's so tough, Mr. Tr- I mean, I have I have it all the time. It's a very very hard thing.
0: So so now, poor Anne is on Twitter this morning. And she is going nuts. She's saying she says she tweets. The only party left out was the hoops they'll have to jump through because that was that was the line that uh, you know Republicans would use to get past the word amnesty. Oh, they're going to have to go through a lot of hoops, a lot of hoops. And he says it's hard, and she says, oh, it's hard. Let's not do it. So now she's on this book tour, right, selling e pluribus awesome Trump, and here she is realizing that oh my gosh, you know the the uh, rug has been pulled out from under me. I'm starting to worry that he's panicking and talking to the wrong people because he's sounding a little bit more like the candidates he defeated with with the talking points about, you know, softening on deporting, deporting the ones who are, oh, they've been here a long time and they're law abiding. You know, that, 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 yes, that's true. But how about you just say, no, my policy is consistent. People who are here illegally have no right to be here. We will decide whether they stay or not in our national interest. Yeah, if they're good for the country, we might keep them. But this is going to be an America first, immigration policy, trade policy, okay, and more nationalism. I, I have to say that someone in Anne's life did say to her that when people are not, when a man is not a man of his word, his word doesn't mean anything. I'll never say I told you so, but <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, I did point it out very, very early on. All right. The thing I, I don't get about this, I, I seriously don't get it. Who does he think this is going to work with? Does he suddenly think the Mexicans are going to say, "Oh yes"? He called me, uh, you know, a heroin dealer, but now he likes me, so I vote. You know, it's, it's not going to happen. Uh, Jorge Ramos, you know, this guy from Univision, who basically thinks uh, the Mexicans should take America back. You know, he you know, he thought we won the Alamo. What the hell happened? You know, <laughs> like so. He he hates Trump. Here's his reaction, which, by the way, I I, I have to sympathize with. I think he's standing on
3: principle too. Is Donald Trump flip flopping on immigration? Maybe. On Sunday, a top Trump advisor suggested that the deportation force that he wanted to use to deport 11 million children, mothers and fathers is not a sure thing. Right now, it is to be determined. Really? Well, the fact is that Trump himself still wants to deport millions. He has insulted Mexican immigrants and he has questioned a judge capacity simply because of his ethnic origin. 73 percent of Latinos, according to a Univision poll, think that he is a racist. No, Trump hasn't changed and to prove that, take a look at this xenophobic and anti-immigrant ad.
4: Donald Trump's America is secure. Terrorists and dangerous criminals kept out. The border secure. Our families safe. Change that makes America safe again. Donald Trump
3: for president. No, Trump is still Donald Trump. Let me remind you exactly what he said on June 16, 2015. This is what he said about Mexican immigrants. They are bringing drugs. They're bringing crime they are rapists. That's exactly, exactly what he said. Some people defending Trump say that he was referring to undocumented immigrants. Well, that is not what he said more than a year ago. So let me tell you what I think is happening. People advising Trump have realized correctly that he cannot win the White House without the Latino vote, and they are pushing the candidate to talk to Latinos. That explains the meeting with Hispanic advisors. But so far, no, Trump hasn't changed, and no The majority of Latinos won't vote for him. Well, well, right.
0: I mean, you know, know, it's a little late for that. So I don't understand. So then there are the people on the other side. Now, there are the people who are just in the Trump tank and they're going to say, oh, he's saying the same thing. I mean, Ted Cruz is laughing up his sleeve. His spokesman is out there going like, we told you this was going to happen. And they did. They did say it was going to happen. There's all these people who are going to say, oh, he's just changing – he's just, you know, uh, changing the words and all this stuff. But the real guys on the far right, these alt-right guys, I mean I don't even like to call them right-wingers because I don't think that they're conservative – they're not American conservatives. They're just they're just white supremacists basically. You know, are they going to fall for this? Maybe. Maybe. They've fallen for this thing so far da- – they're so far down – you know, did you see this musical thing <laughs> they put out? This uh, – you know, I, I saw this – Oh, I have to say goodbye. Geez, you're going to miss this. If you're on Facebook, you got to come over to the Daily Wire and see the rest. It's very, it is really, really interesting. So come on over. All right, we're back. Charge! I can't help myself. I just yeah. I just feel like I. We need a horse. That's what we need in the studio. We need a horse. I can yeah. just mount and charge into that. Yeah. All right. So here's the, here's this musical tribute to themselves that the alt right has put out <laughs> here, to the tune of "We didn't start the fire," and it is well, it's it's really remarkable. I mean, it is it's uh, Nazi propaganda. Safe spaces, gamer
2: gate, decadence, accelerates Fat acceptance, Occupy, Chick-fil-A and Brendan Knight
0: blood walks, grabbing guns, wedding cakes for lesbians Privilege checked, white folks checked, Daba are the suspect We didn't start the movement Though
2: our generation might just save our nation Since we're uncucked and hell-bent Tone it down, they urged us For our spines, they purged us
0: Tea party, attacking mag, Daba one sack, Ron for liberty, shut up by the GOP. Trayvon is Obama's son White C that we're overrun. Started by a prodigy, M P I N M Ren.
2: Europeans in the fight, gonna keep their countries wide
0: Orbán and stop. The Syrians wouldn't let the Muzsies in. Mary and Le Pen is hot, Hillary for sure is not. Cold towards win, I bought from Adios, America. <laughs> well, they may be fascists, but at least they can't carry a tune. I think <laughs> so, you know, and I and I have to say, I mean, these guys are pathetic, but that doesn't mean they're not dangerous. And and look, I I draw no distinction. I think Black Lives Matter are the same people. You know, I think it it's it really is when I think that. Hillary is going to empower Black Lives Matter and Trump is going to empower these clowns. I mean it really is – we're really in a bad situation. Then this, of course, of course is what happens when you follow the people instead of the principles. When you follow the people instead of the principles, you just – you will follow them off a cliff because that's where most people are headed, especially if they're people who want power. But if you think Trump is selling out his people and obviously Hillary has sold everything. She just sells anything for – she sells for cash. That's what I got to yeah. admire her. She just gets the actual cash. You got to take a look for a minute. We got to stop for a minute. And we haven't talked about this all week, and it's been bugging me all week. Is what's happening with Obama and Iran? What Iran is doing? You know, the other day, I guess it was—I'm I'm not sure which which day it was. It was just a couple of days ago. These four. Ships, little small boats from Iran's Revolutionary Guard came out and harassed a U.S. destroyer near the Persian Gulf. Okay, so we have a here's a, just a little cut of the guy. The voice you hear is the guy on the U.S. Uh, S. Nitz, the destroyer. We hold visual contacts
2: on four Iranian push WPB bearing 270 relative at 300 yards. Bridge-to-bridge columns were conducted, no response, weapons uncovered, man, conducting routine security patrol. Appears to be unsafe, unprofessional, and says standing by to track and report.
0: So that's unsafe, that unprofessional is like a designation. So these guys, and these guys ran off and they didn't, not going to do anything. Obviously, the ship could destroy them in a second, but they, but they didn't and they knew they wouldn't and they're just rubbing it in our faces. And this comes on top of the fact that, we remember, we paid this 400 million bucks in cash for it was leverage. It wasn't ransom. It was leverage. We, didn't, you know, we, had to, we held on to it because we didn't trust them to release our people. And then we gave it to them, but it wasn't ransom. It was leverage because we had to pay it to them anyway. And Obama comes out. You can always tell when Obama's lying, his mouth is moving. But also, but also he takes that superior kind of like mocking tone. You know, this wasn't, this wasn't ransom, you know. So say, you always know, like the little duck should come down. I'm lying now, you know, because you can tell I'm smirking. And, and he comes out and he says, you know, we had to pay it in cash because we have no banking relationship with them so we couldn't wire couldn't just write a check well turns out for the next 2 days they're writing they're wiring 1.7 billion dollars to Iran this is without congressional approval it's not illegal because there is this cash of money that they keep for this and this is settling an old you know uh, an old deal we made with them back in the uh, 70s, we made this deal with them and we kept the money because they, we didn't want to give them the we didn't want to give them arms and we froze their assets and all this. And so now we're paying them back with interest. It's not it's not illegal, but it is just what's the word they are. We are kowtowing to Iran. I mean, Charles Krauthammer talked about this uh, on the, the Fox panel last night and he put it really succinctly. The question is, can they not stop lying about this?
4: president says that we had to send the 400 million in cash because we don't have a banking relationship and we can't write a check two days later they wire the money or they send a check through the banking system uh, and he said that we couldn't do it because of sanctions well the sanctions were still in place two days later this is one lie after another and it's an administration attempting to cover its tracks not because anything illegal happened here although that's possible but because it is hugely embarrassing and it just, I mean Iran has been taking advantage of this knowing that this administration can be walked over humiliated, be forced to abandon all its red lines Uh, it for example can launch missiles we say and do nothing uh, with impunity and now as you reported harassing our ships our ships could blow them out of the water with a blink of an eye but of course we're not going to do that But there's a psychological warfare happening here, and Iran wants to show the region that it's in charge with its Russian allies, with Hezbollah, with Syria on the ground, with its 100,000 militia in Iraq, and it doesn't have to pay any attention to the United States. And
0: we have a president who goes along with it in every detail. So why? The question is, why is Obama? Why does he do this, you know? And there's a new book out called The Iran Wars. It's by a Wall Street Journal reporter named Jay Solomon. And he points out that the, fir- the first kind of hint of this stuff going on was during the uprising against Ahmadinejad. Remember when Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, remember when they said he, he rigged the election, and he obviously had rigged the election. People took to the streets, and Obama just let them hang. This was in June of 2009. So here's Bloomberg reporting on the book, all right? One of the great hypotheticals of Barack Obama's presidency involves the Iranian uprising that began on June 12, 2009, after Mahmoud Ahmadinejad was announced the winner of contested presidential elections. What if the president had done more to help the protesters when the regime appeared to be teetering? Now, remember, this is Iran, right? This is the chief sponsor of terrorism around the world. It is well known that Obama was slow to react. He publicly downplayed the prospect of real change at first, saying the candidates, whom hundreds of thousands of Iranians were risking their lives to support, did not represent fundamental change. When he finally did speak out, he couldn't bring himself to say the election was stolen. But Obama wasn't just reluctant to show solidarity in 2009, he feared the demonstrations would sabotage his secret outreach to Iran, this Iran deal where he thinks that he has stopped them from getting nuclear weapons. In the new book, The Iran Wars, Wall Street Journal reporter Jay Solomon uncovers new details on how far Obama went to avoid helping Iran's Green Movement. Behind the scenes, Obama overruled advisors who wanted to do what America had done at similar transitions from dictatorship to democracy, which has helped the democracy. We always stand for the democracy not under Obama. He did not signal America's support. Solomon reports that Obama ordered the CIA to sever contacts it had with the Green Movement Supporters, The agency has contingency plans for supporting democratic uprisings anywhere in the world. This includes providing dissidents with communications money and, in extreme cases, even arms. But in this case, the White House ordered the CIA to stand down. We left those people out there in the lurch and we let Iran stand. And as a result of this, and and so Obama says, and this is the New York Times keeps saying, people are ignoring the fact that he stopped them from getting nuclear weapons. But we know he didn't do that. The German intelligence agencies are telling us that Iran is acquiring what it needs to build nuclear weapons. They are dealing with the Russians. They're getting all this material and they're flaunting this in Obama's face, and he's such a weakling, and he believes that somehow this is going to be his legacy. He believes that he is. Go- this is going to be, oh, my gosh, he brought peace to the Middle East. He stopped Iran from getting nuclear weapons. And I, how he can believe this, I do not know. I know there are a lot of people who think, oh, he's secretly working to bring about the caliphate. You know, I mean, I, I'm not sure at this point what the difference would be if that were true. But Brett Stevens points out that now Iran is is making common cause with the Russians. So we have our two biggest enemies coming together, sort of like, you know, as Stevens points out, like Japan and Germany before World War II. And he says the era of this cooperation began in July 2015... And he says, he says, Iran and Russia are not natural allies, even if they have a common client in Damascus. Iranians have bitter memories of the Soviet occupation of Afghanistan in the 80s, and the Kremlin has never been fond of Islamists, even of the Shiite variety. But what tipped the scales in favor of a joint operation was a shared desire to humiliate the U.S. and kick it out of the Middle East. America's long-term scheme for the region is detrimental to all nations and countries, says Supreme Leader Ali Ali Khamenei, uh, this is what he said to Vladimir Putin, I'm sorry. America's long term scheme for the region is detrimental to all nations and countries, particularly Iran and Russia, and it should be thwarted through vigilance and closer interaction. Since then, since uh, a year ago, Tehran has agreed to purchase 8 billion in top shelf Russian weapons and is seeking Moscow's help to build another 10 nuclear reactors for purely peaceful means, of course. That's the only reason why else would Iran. These are useful reminders of how the mullahs are spending their sanctions, relief, windfall, all this money that Obama is sending to them. This is the biggest sellout of America and of the West imaginable. And it is the it is the pinnacle of, you know. He started with Obamacare, which is in this death spiral. It is falling down, taking our health care system with it. Hillary is going to get in, who believes in a single-payer health care, which is just going to make it even worse. But she's going to make that old socialist argument, the government ruined it. Now the government can fix it. She's going to make that old argument. It's just not enough government. You don't have enough government. So we've got that. We've got the Middle East on fire. And now Iran, he has empowered Iran And Russia. Russia who was on its back heels. You know, Russia who has no money. They have no way to fight us. If he had stood up to them at all, they would have had to scurry away. He has really – he has really – been, this has really been a disastrous presidency, and it has sold out everything, everything that the West believes in. It really is shameful. And the fact that Hillary Clinton is going to take over because I think now Trump has got six votes left, right? It's like I don't know. I don't even know what it is. As we don't watch the news, maybe <laughs> so it's going to be it's going to be uh, you know Hillary, unless something un, you know unbelievable happens. All right. So just before we go, I have to just talk briefly about this uh, trend, this Pew poll. Uh, that says that the, it says the most striking trend in American religion in recent years has been the growing percentage of adults who do not identify with a religious group and who have lost their belief in God. And they asked them why, and they all said, "Science. We don't believe we don't believe in God because of science." And you know, I, I keep getting this note from people. Like every time I talk about religion, I get a note. Stop talking about religion. It's preaching. It's a, you know, stop. that Yesterday it happened, or the day before. It's on the comments. You yeah, stop talking about religion. And I keep saying, you know, it's this is slavery. This is slavery to an idea. It's slavery to a cultural atmosphere that is not allowing you to think. And the thing about this cultural atmosphere is it's out of date. It's out of date. You know, there was a time – there were about 300 years when atheism made sense as a stipulation, as a, just a kind of theory. Atheism was okay because Newton had come along and he sort of explained that there is a clockwork to the universe. And by the way – you know, there's magic in Newton, you know, like, you know, Newton said, oh, gravity is just this force. It just reaches out and pulls things. I mean, nothing else in, you know, does anything else in nature do that without touching anything? Just this force. It was force, and everybody said, well, how does that work? And he said, oh, never mind. Don't think about that for a minute, because the math works, you know, perfectly, perfectly valid science. Don't think about this. We don't understand this, but it works. So let's do it, and we'll figure out other things until we figure this out. And then Einstein figured it out, that it wasn't, in fact, a magical force. It was a bend in space-time that happened with mass you know all these things have been have been explained away but they had to make certain uh, assumptions certain assumptions before they went forward one of those assumptions that scientists made was let's not talk about god for a while let's not assign anything to god that can be explained and that's a really smart assumption to make because why attribute something to the action of a magic finger in the sky if you can find out something about it scientifically i mean it advances human knowledge to find out so that that made sense as as an assumption a working assumption the same kind of assumption that says gravity is this magical force you know those are the assumptions you make just to move forward but now now we're in a world i mean if you follow you know scientific research at all if you follow the things that are being talked about in the quantum realm where they're discovering that space and time don't even exist i mean this is this is they're on the border of finding this out they're finding that things separated by billions of miles react to one another instantaneously well that's impossible unless space and time are some kind of illusion they're finding out that the world was is not actually that the the concept of space is an illusion thrown up just by the relation of objects, the relation of matter. And creation is beginning to look more and more like Genesis. Not, you know, the six days people argue about that it happened 6,000 years ago and all this. But Genesis is a story about separation. It's a story about individuation, separating the day from the night, separating the land from the water. And creation is beginning to look a lot more like that. And the other thing that is becoming clear is that the world is an idea. The world is a set of, of laws that make things happen on their own, and you know Stephen Hawking, the great uh, astrophysicist, said, "Well, that proves there's no God because things can happen just with these few ideas." And Roger Scruton, the philosopher, wrote this article in the Wall Street Journal where he said, "Well, wait a minute, who?" Whose ideas were they? Whose, law, whose laws are they? And I read that and I thought, did we really need Roger Scruton, the philosopher, to come up with that? Like Stephen, Stephen Hawking, Mr. Brilliance, couldn't he have thought of that himself? Things that, you know, people think that science has disproved God. It's an illusion. It's something that is an out-of-date assumption. It's an out-of-date assumption. But, But this trend is going to continue and the effects are not going to be good. We already see people putting aside their faith in what is true – and putting their faith in princes uh, like Trump and like Obama, you know, that hope and change, that, that religious fervor with which people follow human beings, always takes them down the same road to the same old place. And it looks like we're going there, folks. So hang on. It's going to be a bumpy ride. That's going to take us into the Clavenless weekend. (laughs) Perfect, perfect words for the Clavenless weekend. But let me leave you with some hope in this song that I discovered. I have to say I'm watching this show that will eventually make stuff I like called Rectify. But I haven't seen enough of it. I've just finished the first season. What a show. What an amazing, amazing, interesting show. In the middle of the show, there is a scene where they play uh, bluegrass music and they sing this song that I'd never heard before called Ain't No Grave. And it it was this family called the Peasle family there. I I think that's what they're, how it's pronounced. Piesel, Piesel. The Piesel sisters have shown up. They made a record with Emily Lou Harris, but this is the Peasle family. So I look up online to see if I can find this song. And all I could find was a family video they took. So the the audio is not that great. It's a little fuzzy. But this is just the peaceful family gathered around singing this song, Ain't No Grave, in their living room. And it's, it really is amazing. There ain't no- Trumpet sound. I'm going to get up out of the ground. That should be Monday. But before that, we have the Clavenless Weekend. Good luck. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show.